a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Girl, everyone knows that story. Hello, and welcome to the Women of Star Wars podcast, the Star Wars fan cast where we take a deep dive and feminist look at the female characters, contributors, and creators of the Star Wars universe. I'm your host, Sarah Sindula. Welcome, everyone, to the Women of Star Wars podcast. I am your host, Sarah Sindula, and... Hi, I'm Dr. Amanda Quintero. I'm the co-host. Yeah, my co-host. Isn't that exciting? Yay! <laughs> I knew you'd come over to the, the co-host side. I am Spotify official. Co-host here. Represent. Thoughts about the recap? Do you want to hear this? What? Dude. Oh my god. Like, oh my god. Four minutes in, I was like, my mind just, my head just exploded. And then the, the, the narrative, and then my heart was so full. It was so good that I literally, like, with the, <laughs> I can barely talk. I was so giddy. But the first few minutes were so good that when the title card came up, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. The episode just started. This is not the end of the episode. <laughs> was really intense like in an incredible way well like i thought it wasn't gonna go that great like in the beginning you know you do this they do the recap and then they're in she's on you know getting could be getting court-martialed we don't know what's happening you know harris having to stand tall for her actions i just couldn't believe it i was like and then ziono will was telling me his name you know in spanish it means yes or no i thought that was interesting because i never thought of that i don't know this was such an intense episode so good and what what a great way to bring leia into the story because you had mentioned after our last recording you had mentioned that you're like oh my gosh we completely forgot about leia and you were right yeah well, they just name drop her, but it lets you know that, oh, she's in this timeline of Star Wars. Leia's alive. She saves Hera. She saves our hero. And I was so, so happy to see that. You know, like the whole women supporting women, but like, yes. Good women that we admire supporting one another. So good. I was shooketh. C3PO shows up. What? Oh my God. I just was, I was freaking out. I was losing it. I could not believe we see 3PO. It's like, Breaking the fourth wall. I don't know. I knew, you know, we'd hear of Leia. We're going to see somebody. But then the PO. Oh. Yeah. And we haven't seen him. I don't think he was in The Mandalorian or The Book of Boba Fett or. What did you think about the title of the episode? I don't know. It made me think of Balin. I'm very intrigued yes. about what's going on with him. Yes. He's got some random behavior. Where is he going? What's he doing? He's, he broke up with Shin. He broke yeah, up he with said, her. bye. You're on your own. Peace out. You moved out. Time to get, you have to pay your own rent now. Like yeah. what? Great episode. I Great episode. I actually immediately started to rewatch it because it was so intense. It was so intense. The fighting was so good. Yes, the fight choreography. So good. And then um, the Anakin training lesson in the hologram. Oh my like, well, gosh. I, I've got this whole episode written down. Like I'm just like I took so that many was, notes. But that, that was so, was cool. so she incredible. was training. It it added a new dimension to Anakin. Yeah. Which I think if folks haven't watched 
the Clone Wars, Wars, they wouldn't see. They wouldn't know this about Anakin, Um, because the only other time that you would encounter him outside of the films would have been in the episode where they did the Clone Wars flashbacks, Mm -hmm. um, which doesn't really show his softer side or the. I don't know. I don't think it really showed like the love and affection that he had for Ahsoka. I don't know. What did you think? Because you haven't. You have you watched? Have you watched any of the Clone Wars? I just watched like um, bits of like parts that you said would be helpful to watch Ahsoka. Yeah. So there were some parts of that with you know the episode with he's training Ahsoka and he sends the the um the stormtroopers on her and she just keeps getting beat down and then just getting back up. Mm-hmm. So it was just a really intense training. And then I watched a few others. So you, I saw some of that gentleness between them. Director who is a woman. Today's episode was directed by Gita Vasat Patel. Gita was born uh, December 22nd, 1975 in Evanston, Illinois, and is an American film and television. Wait, she's from director. Illinois? Okay, cool. I don't know much about like her personal life. Um, okay. It, there's not a whole lot of information about that online. There's a lot about her professional career, which I think is pretty okay. cool. No, 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 that's cool. Sorry. No, no, no. Um, and so she's an American film and television director, screenwriter, and producer. She's an Emmy-nominated Sundance filmmaker who is known for her emotional, form-pushing, and non-traditional style in both comedy and drama. And we kind of see that in this episode. There was a lot of really intensive dramatic moments, but also a lot of warmth and some comedic moments. Um, she was a graduate in comparative area studies from Duke University. And Gita's background in languages and global human geography, along with her interest in action and dance choreography, inform her work, which we can see in the extensive hand-to-hand combat scenes, as well as the sweeping landscapes uh, in the different worlds. Oh, yeah. So at some point in her career, she was studying in Berlin, where she met filmmaker Anthony Mengele, I hope I'm saying that correctly, uh, who inspired her to pursue a career in storytelling. Now, Gita has been a visiting artist in Belarus, Turkey, Egypt, Bosnia, Herzegovina, I hope I'm saying that correctly, and Japan as part of the U.S. State Department's film diplomacy program. Uh, her film career began in the early 2000s when she served as an assistant writer on The Fast and the Furious, Blue Crush, Mindhunters, and other films. In 2008, she made her directorial debut with the documentary film Project Kashmir, which she co-directed alongside Sinanin Kashig. Uh, in 2014, she directed and wrote her second documentary, Meet the Patels, with her brother Ravi Patel. Uh, the rights to remake the film were acquired by Fox Searchlight in October of 2015, with the Patel siblings set to co-write and co-direct. This film went on to be nominated and win several different awards, including the Best Documentary at the 2015. 2015- 2014 Los Angeles Film Festival. During the 2010s, Patel continued to direct and added episodes of Sense8, The Mindy Project, Superstore, The Mick, Fresh Off the Boat, Atypical, The Santa Clarita Diet, and P-Valley to the list of her directorial credits. In October of 2022, she directed The Lord of the Tides, which is the eighth episode of The House of the Dragon. And in 2023, yeah. she yeah. gifted us with it, this episode of Ahsoka. Thank you, Gita Patel, for this incredible episode. Amanda, what did you think? <laughs> was there was anything new, like in any of your rewatches or anything that sort of struck up for you? There was there were a couple things that I noticed, but 
I want to hear from you first. I want to hear from you first. I just talked. Okay. I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> um, the one thing that I really, really loved on, on a, one of my rewatches was the intense attention to detail. For oh. the example, like the condensation on the windows outside the starship when they're inside the whale. Yeah. And the plankton, then the, uh, the space yeah. plankton. The space plankton. I was like, oh, yeah. there's our celestial decomposers. They were yeah. so cute. Yeah. And then Ezra's use of the force over his lightsaber, which I thought was a really interesting choice, and how he mm-hmm. stopped a, um, Shin's lightsaber from coming at him with his mm-hmm. hands. He, like, reduced it. Yeah, it was it was almost like he uh, a balloon that he kind of like squished. Then him picking up a blaster and being really proficient with a blaster. Also very much a love letter to his his rebels days. I thought it was a great episode. There was a lot of love, a lot of family in this episode. I thought it was a very balanced episode. And the other part that I thought was really cool was when um, Huang scans for Lady Sabine, Lady Ren, and he can't find her. So Ahsoka uses the force. And it mm-hmm. was just like um, Cloud City and Empire when Luke and Leia communicate, but because they're on this frequency, Darth Vader hears them or senses them, right? And so I also enjoyed the little sort of Easter eggs and love letters to Rebels. So the uh-huh. use of the slingshot by the Noti. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's like Ewok throwback. And then I remembered, oh, in Rebels for a long time, that was Ez- one of Ezra's weapons. He used a uh-huh. slingshot. So he uh-huh. taught them how to use it, and I just was like, "That's so cute." It was cute. I was really that I laughed because I, that part was so ridiculous. I thought, surely they're <laughs> going to have some power in the rock that they're slinging, like the Gungans from the Phantom yeah. Menace. I expected it to be like this weapon, but he he goes thong thing, and it just like flicks off someone's uh, armor uh, like like nothing, and it's yeah. so ridiculous. You're like, it was that for real? And so I that was really, really, really. Cute. The scene where Ahsoka and uh, Huang are, are flying through space is there are so many elements of this episode that are going to be in Star Tours, I think. Have you been to Star Tours at Disneyland, the ride? I haven't been since they revamped it. But so you know the thing, like you see. Yeah, yeah, I know the premise. Like, it has a screen and you're in a war, uh, uh, a chase sequence somewhere. And yeah, this episode looked like it could be uh, lend itself to Star Tours. Absolutely, especially the coming out of the la- the out of the hyperspace into uh-huh. the minefield. Right, which just that that actually, this is so fucked up. I was like, this is so barbaric. What I'm watching yeah. right now, for some reason, some beings that I perceive as being sentient and humanoid or oh, whatever, yeah. aliens murdering the other. whales. Yeah, I'm like, okay, whatever, kill each other. But when I'm like, oh, these whales came out of hyperspace into this yeah. minefield that wasn't there I was before. So, yeah, that's so I wrong. Was, I, yeah, I, was I was horrified. I was genuinely upset. I was like, yes, me too. And then the whales are like, yo, this is not what we signed up for. We're out. And, and they, they did. Again. That was awesome. Because I'm feeling bad for the whales. And they're like, oh, what's this? We are out. Yeah. And it was also incredibly funny, the moment where Hu Yang's like, oh, at least we're getting some coverage. And then they, the whales dip. And Ahsoka's just like, you had to say something. So the other scene that I do want to talk to you about that I need to debrief on is what is Balin up to? He lets Shin go, and at the parting words, he says, I want to get this correct. He says, impatience for victory will guarantee defeat. Mm-hmm. 
And when he talks to her, the music gets ethereal again, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not just saying I'm using the word ethereal. The subtitles, because I can't hear a show unless I have the subtitles on. Yeah. Telling me ethereal music. And I'm like, whoa, when he's letting Shin go. And and, and they've always been like a balanced master and apprentice, right? Light and dark. Um, In that particular scene, I... I didn't see that coming in all no. honesty. I no. was like I knew that he was being very honest with Shin, but I didn't I did not expect him to just like dip like that. And what's interesting about him is that on his wrist there is I don't know if you've seen this online. Yes. There is the list and maybe I think you actually brought it up yes. when we talked on Tuesday. The list yes. of people. So I'm curious how he has that list but not a soca so- on it. He has like so what what Sarah is talking about is Balin has on his one of his wrists he's wearing it looks like a a Star Wars Apple Watch or something and it has these <laughs> nerd markings I'm saying nerd markings because only the nerdiest nerd will understand what I'm talking about these Air yellow rush. markings and when rushes you, the script when they when they decrypt it it's a list of names and what mm-hmm. are the names Sarah the names are Luke Leia Han Chewie C-3PO, R2-D2, and Ben. What is that about? Like, that's so wild. That's on his wrist. And then he lets her go. What is going on with Balin? Like, I I have no idea what's happening here. I have no idea. And he's got the names of our heroes on his wrist. I know. And I'm so excited. I, yes. I only have one episode to find out. This better be a four-hour finale. (laughs) <laughs> I want to do our Instagram live after midnight where I'm so tired. And I'm trying to be quiet, not to wake the baby. And we're just like, oh, my God, that was incredible. Yes. That's why he let her go. But I have no idea. Whatever Balin's doing is like completely not on my bingo card for Ahsoka. Where we what do you know look- about him? Do you know anything more? Nothing. Than no. Okay. We're all learning him and Shin together, which is super. Uh, and Morgan and the great mothers. Yeah, this is so exciting yeah. that we're all so getting exciting. this like sort of level playing field with these characters i love that so that's all i know about him and he's so cool and i'm really excited to to discover more about him um, as it becomes available because i would love Mm -hmm. to read a book about him starting him watching the jedi temple burn and his time as a mercenary and how he takes on shin and that would be a really great fucking book yeah and then and so while we're talking about Balin, so then he takes a he goes away, he leaves Shin, and then you know I'm cutting a few scenes, but then Ahsoka jumps down, and boom, mm-hmm. she's in white. Balin's in black. They're two forces, and now they're gonna fight. And yes. she's not holding back with this one handed lightsaber. She's got both puppies out, and she is mm-hmm. she is ready. He's waiting for her, like he knew she was coming. I yeah. think that. He probably sensed her when she came onto the yeah. planet um, in the same way that the great mothers were able to use the force connection to pinpoint her location. I'm sure he sensed something. And then yes. Thrawn learning oh, Thrawn. that Ahsoka's master was General Anakin Skywalker. That is the coolest. The coolest. And then he knows what he's messing with. Yes. So for folks who aren't familiar, uh, Thrawn met General Anakin Skywalker during the Clone Wars. He Anakin was on a mission to find Padme on this planet, and Thrawn was on his way to the planet for some other reason. I can't remember. It's in a book by Timothy Zahn, and it, the audiobook is read by Mark Thompson. I do not recommend that anybody listen to the audiobook if you like the character Padme. 
because the way that Mark Thompson reads Padme, for me, it makes me want to reach through my headphones and just punch him in the face because he reads her like, oh, Anakin, whatever shall we do? Uh." And I'm just like, that is not Padme. And I don't know when the, and to be fair, I don't know when the voice performance came out in relationship to the films. And I don't know what direction Mark Thompson received about how to read Padme, but I just Mm -hmm. don't fucking like it. So I recommend checking the book out from your local library, borrowing it from a friend, whatever, and reading it. It is the second of the Thrawn uh, trilogy. I'll link it in the show notes. So yeah, so Thrawn knows a lot about Anakin Skywalker and has also is one of the few people that has very strong suspicions and evidence to support his suspicions mm-hmm. of Darth Vader being Anakin Skywalker. Oh, he does, they don't know. They being who? Wait, say they they don't know that Anakin is Darth Vader? Very few people in the empire know that Anakin is Darth Vader. Maybe that's the list on Balin's wrist is the people who knows that Anakin is Darth Vader. Ooh. I wonder. Ooh. That would make you know, sense. Because he has like this, Balin has this mission, right? Yeah. And, and we don't makes... know what it is, but he might not. You're be. welcome, America. Thank you, Amanda. <laughs> and then he's got his list and he's waiting for Ahsoka, which has this fight. I don't know if you noticed this when you saw the fight, but every scene was beautiful. It was cinematically gorgeous. Like you could yes. pause every scene and it's a photo. Yes. It's gorgeous. There were several shots in this in this episode that very much spoke to Patel's directorial style. That's not true. I did watch the House of Dragons episode and that was also beautifully shot. So I was very excited to see yeah. how this was going to be done. But I think that Patel does a really, really good job of honoring the worlds. Not yet. And, and what are all those coffins? I don't in know. and out of the ship. We haven't brought that up, but every time I see that, I make a note. I'm like, what are they transporting? Why, why are there all these coffins around? What is that? They uh, look like coffins. Great mothers. I mean, they do look like coffins. Yeah. And is um, that how our heroes are going to escape? Is that how they'll leave in those coffins? Ooh, that's a good hypothesis. Why are we, why are they showing us that? Like, I don't know. I'm just trying to unpack what I'm seeing that I'm like, why, you know, every time we see them moving, cargo it looks like coffins it's not like different shapes it's the exact same size of yeah it looks like a spock's casket from yeah star trek i honestly hadn't given any thought as to how the heroes were gonna escape i don't actually know if they're going Mm -hmm. to do that this episode or if it's gonna leave on such an intense cliffhanger like our villains escape what did you think of that moment <laughs> when she's like holding out her hand and she looks at her like, you can, you don't have to keep doing this. You can and stay. She, and Shin looks and she, terrified and she runs. And she did say to Shin, she said, I can help you. And yeah. Shin did look terrified. I completely agree with that. And there was a, there was a moment of hesitation for Shin. Of, yeah. Do I, did, what do I, I do? Saw that. But I don't know if Ahsoka expected in any way for shin to actually go with her Mm -hmm. i okay well let me ask you this then let's let let me switch gears for a second because thrawn noticed that balin is gone but Mm -hmm. we don't hear the night sisters talking about that like they're sensing jedi they sense things no one could sense that he was about to peace out like thrawn does say quite clearly that the jedi are very good at hiding yeah which is the backhand to Morgan of you had Let me a Jedi it. 
hiding mm-hmm. in front of you. Didn't even yep. see it. Yeah. And also points to the fact that we wouldn't know that. Yep. That's also not the question that they're focusing on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, in the last and, episode, Thrawn mm-hmm. did mention something along the lines of we can just assume that Balin is flawed because he right. was raised as a Jedi. And so he kind of always knew that this was a possibility and he and Thrawn did plan for it. Yeah. And Thrawn didn't get too angry or upset. Like if something like that would have happened to, I think, Vader, he would have gotten angry. Right. But Thrawn's like, it's yeah. unfortunate, but acceptable. Yeah. You know, and Thrawn, even in the Rebel series, I and even in the books, he loses his temper a handful of times. Mm-hmm. Other things that would set off other people or people around him do not upset him in the same way, um, which is okay. one of the reasons he's such a brilliant tactician. Right. He's not one minor inconvenience away from losing it. You know? Yeah. And he doesn't seem to get too intensely attached to how something can, should go. And mm-hmm. he plans for a lot of different things. And we see that in the statement of, well, uh, we need to control all the variables so that no matter what she chooses, she'll yeah. she'll think it's of her own choosing, but we'll be one step ahead of her no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Thrawn is one of the most mentally, like, aware. Like, he's very zen, very in the present, lives in the moment. You yes. know, he's not boggled down with anxiety about the future. He's not feeling sad or stressed out thinking about the past. He's not like living in this thinking state all the time and Mm -hmm. just nothing sets him off. And so he's super interesting to me that none of the things that I think should upset him, like Balin gone, I'd be like, what? That's like, you know, my, his, he, Balin is so intelligent. He's, you know, what, what is his agenda? And Thrawn doesn't seem to be concerned about what is like, if Balin has a separate agenda on that, he's like, well, it, 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 to me, Thrawn would be thinking while he's shaving, well, if, if Balin has a different agenda, you know, it's probably going to serve me because whatever. I don't know. Um, so I just, his reactions to things that I think would upset him he were different. I also want you to clarify something because I had an argument with Will about the end of this. Will is okay. my, my, my husband. So he, you know, Thrawn says, no, you're not about to get into murky water where you have to pick one of us and then you can never come over again. This is totally not going to be as serious. <laughs> it's not Star a Wars Wars test. serious. No, Star Wars is serious in our house. But like, it's, it's just, we're arguing over what does Thrawn want because Thrawn is happy that Ahsoka's wasted time. He yes. points out she's lost her greatest resource, time. And Will's like, she's, he's pointing out time. Thrawn wants to travel through time. That's what the bodies are for. I'm like, I don't understand what any of that has to do together. He's like, that's, yeah. So I'm very confused over what Thrawn, Thrawn thinks Ahsoka's wasted time. Has she? I don't know. What I want you to answer is what did Thrawn mean by Ahsoka's wasted time? So what I think is that they're nearly done with loading up the, the ship. And once the ship is loaded, then they all they have to do is leave atmosphere and get in that hyperspace rink and jump back to jump back to the, the, the Star Wars galaxy. Right. So Thrawn is willing to accept the loss of Shin, Balin, yeah. because in his mind, he only knows the, the resources that they have. And in his mind, there's once Thrawn and the Night Sisters and everyone leave the planet, everyone else is stranded there. They are going to live in exile. So in his mind, given all the variables that he's aware of, 
that's what's going to happen. Now, the reason that he's saying that Ahsoka has lost time is because they're going to regroup. They're going to spend time like trying to figure out a plan. And while they're trying to figure out a plan because they lost all this other time fighting, they're Thrawn and everyone is going to finish loading up the ship and be able to leave. That's what I think he think is going to happen. I'm just curious of where this is going and who's going to get left and will anyone get left? Because if they do, then that's the end. That's it. Goodbye. I don't think it's going to be time travel. I just don't see how it makes sense. Like, yes, it doesn't make any sense to me that that we would do because time travel has never been discussed. It's never been an objective. And Thrawn doesn't state that as an objective. Thrawn states very clearly that his objective is that he wants to go home. And have his whites inspection ready at all times. At all times. He is always looking sharp. Yeah. They have a lot of answers for this finale. You know, this better not be like the end of Lost. Did you watch Lost? I love Lost. Well, every season got a little more weird and they would say, oh, the next season will answer all your questions. And then you get to the finale and you're like, I'm even more confused and I don't feel good about this ending at all. So I'm hoping, I don't know how they're going to wrap this up. I want to know they need to answer what is Balin up to. That has to be said in the finale. If they leave that hanging, I'm going to be very, very, very upset. And I will do nothing but rant about it. <laughs> but <laughs> You brought up the Emperor. And I remember when Sabine and Ezra were in the steampunk Nodi little carrier car. And they're talking about the Emperor being dead, so it seems. And so that, that whole narrative of the Emperor not really being dead was picked up. And that's what I wanted to bring up i mean he's dead right like the emperor's gone Mm -mm. we don't know so that's hinted at there hold on you you saw the sequels right did you see rise of skywalker yeah okay so a couple things once (laughs) palpatine is thrown into the reactor uh, at the end of return of the jedi yeah unfortunately this isn't really talked about very clearly in anything outside of the books and comics and things like that so if you haven't read those you wouldn't have access to this narrative. There is a lot of- I have not read them. Yeah. So in there's this trilogy called the Aftermath Trilogy, and it's three books written directly after the fall of the Empire, the Battle of Endor. And in the first book, there's a lot of speculation and rhetoric about the Emperor not actually being dead, which is really common anytime an Empire falls. Like if the figurehead dies, there's still kind of the speculation of is there, isn't there because we don't see a body. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. There was an entire season of hunting Hitler on the history channel like a few years ago. And because people are like, Oh, he must've made it somehow. There's this whole obsession about that. He probably escaped. So yeah, that's totally a legit, you know? Yeah. So it's very much this people are saying that and people are still struggling with, um, and then, of course, you know, we see in the in the Rise of Skywalker, the return of Palpatine's clone, which Palpatine, of course, wants to live forever. But as a human, he's limited in that capacity. And so that's one of the reasons I think that behind the scenes, he was having clone research done so that he could yeah. uh, continue to live forever. And one of the ways to do that was to harvest midichlorians, because I'm wondering if yeah. in the clone process, it destroyed or degraded midichlorians. And that was Ooh. one of the reasons that Grogu was being pursued so actively. Ooh, okay. That's just a, a little theory I have. <laughs> no, I just, no. And I, I watched all the Star Wars movies, but like the la- the latest one, like Rise of Skywalker, The Last Jedi, I've only seen them like tw- two times. Like I yeah. wasn't insane about it. And I don't remember thinking that the Emperor really lived. It was like, it was like a, they tried to replicate him or there was 
I don't. Yeah, I he was he like was a gone. clone with like all this, like this Doctor Octo sort of setup, major life really support. Bad. Yeah. Yeah, I only saw Rise of Skywalker once, and I freaking hated it. I hated it. Uh-huh. I don't know if I'm ever gonna rewatch it. I, I, I'm gonna need yeah. some time, in the same way I needed to give the prequels time to fall in love with them. Yeah. Um, but I know that everyone lost their mind about Palpatine having come back, and yeah. Yeah. so when that happened, I was like, "Oh, that makes a lot of this other stuff make sense to me." Um. Yeah. But I just, I just hated that movie. And uh, no, no, I, now I did just remember, yeah, because when Ray finds out she's a Palpatine, and yeah. Spoiler: If you haven't seen Rise of Skywalker, it came out forever ago. Yeah, uh, and there's some sort of remnant of a person, but he's not really. He's more like Snape, you know, from um, yeah. He's more like the yeah Voldemort from Harry Voldemort. Potter. That's it. He who must not be named. Mm. Um, that story gets brought up, and and then and then the end of the show, so. Ezra says, I think I'm going to be going home, right? I might be yes. going home after all. And so it ends positive on an optimistic, yay, good guys are going to prevail. Oh, well. Yes, it definitely ends on an incredibly helpful note. I really love the moment of warmth of Ahsoka saying, and miss this reunion? Uh, what? Yeah, that like, hug. That was so sweet and maternal. And it was such a different reunion than Sabine and Ahsoka had. So really. I thought that was very touching. And yeah, it does end on a very helpful note, which of course, you know, that just means that maybe shit's going to go south in part eight. Yeah. Yeah. We got to see the heroes get beat up a little bit before they start to win. And I can't wait to see what Ezra's going to do. I actually really liked all his force wielding. You know, he hasn't had a lightsaber. So he's had time to work on doing like force kicks and all those crazy Mm -hmm. things he was doing. Anyways, anyway, so I thought, tell, thank you for your service. Thank you very much for your contribution to the Star Wars universe. It was an incredible episode, lots of fun. Five out of five stars. Big fan. Very excited. Um, I'm excited for episode eight. I have no idea what's going to happen, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with not having any expectations. I have some. I they have to get your, off that planet. That's it. I really, if they stay on that planet and that's the end of it, I'm gonna be like, I the, want someone to get off. Like it's got to get movement. I really appreciate you saying that because if I I hadn't considered that, and when you said that, I thought about that sort of post-apocalyptic bleakness that always gives me anxiety yeah. in movies. Like yeah. it, even in Scott Pilgrim versus the World, when he quote unquote dies and he's just like in the desert all yeah. about and I was like oh, yeah. I can't deal with that like that's what am I yeah I, that, yeah it's ugh. not the worst wasteland though I mean did you did you watch Supergirl I think it's like 1982 Helen Slater it's one of my favorite but there's this wasteland that people can get sent to for other dimensions but it's not like this planet Peridia that's the name of the planet Peridia mm-hmm. yes it's like this wasteland where it's super windy the ground has like tar and mud, you know, mm. it just, you walk around, the elements are awful and you're constantly getting swept up by the wind and it's just death and despair. At least in this place, there's peaceful, you know, the, the no tie people, the, the yeah, snail people. And there's clearly some humanoids and water sources and people can and but do survive. I don't want them to get stuck there. I want, I, I really want them all to get off. I have no idea how that looks like. And I want to understand, are those coffins? What is the coffins? What is Balin up to? And get off Peridia. <laughs> Everyone gets out of Peridia, even the no tie. 
I'm wondering actually if they if they do get back onto their ship and they're able to put themselves on top of Thrawn's ship and get into yeah. the hyperspace ring because then there might not be a way for them to battle each other. I don't know. Because yeah. it is a long journey. It is a long, a journey. long journey. We know it takes at least two rotations. Um, and we know that because What's when, rotation? Is that a year or a day? Uh, rotations, I believe, are weeks. Let me look. Yeah. What is what is a rotation in the Star Wars universe? Okay, a rotation is a planet's rotation on its axis, essentially a day. Okay, so you were correct. It is three days. It's the local day, but we don't know what the local day is on Peridia. Yeah. Anyway. Because daytime is measured, we mostly – it's a construct, right? It's of how much sun, time there is where the sun – it's daylight versus nighttime. And yeah. that could vary where, where you are on the planet and where you mm-hmm. are proportionally in the sun. In the yes. Gravity. And last, I think last week was harder to wait to talk to you. I was so excited. And I think this week it was just life happening. You know, it was, a, it was kind of a rough week. And may the force be with you. I'll see you may next the week. force be with you. And I will see you next week.